0: Today we have with us in the studio Devee. Devee is a consciousness catalyst through her Dare to be Present service, supporting individuals in their unique process of awakening. She is also an author currently writing a book, A Spiritual Memoir. You can reach her at www.daretobepresent.com. We'll be right back with Devee, but first let's talk about apathy. So recently at our last meetup group for the depression session, we talked about apathy. That was our topic, was depression and apathy. And we had a good turnout. A lot of people wanted to talk about it. And I looked up the definition of apathy. And it says, absence or suppression of passion, emotion, or excitement. Lack of interest in or concern for things that others find moving or exciting. For me, depression is always presented as apathy. To the outside world, I don't think I'm all that different than I ever am. I'm cheerful. I'm glad to see people. I'm still an extrovert. I still wake up in the morning and go do the things I need to do. But it's the apathy, the lack of any emotional connection to things. It's like a gray fog. I cannot connect to feelings of high joy or or even sadness. So for years, I didn't know I had depression because I didn't feel sad. I had a period of grieving after my dad died, but you know, after that, I just felt blah. And it took a friend to point out that maybe that was depression. And what I was feeling that lack of feeling was actually a big part of what depression is for a lot of people. So I thought, okay, that makes sense. I am feeling apathetic, and it's not that I'm so sad that I just don't want to do... I'm not excited about anything. Everything seems like a chore. Everything seems like something extra. I'm not in a place of apathy right now, but it was really good to think again about that because it made me look... When I realized that that feeling was often how depression expresses itself for people, I went back in time... And found a number of occasions when I went through periods where I couldn't get excited about anything. And I I wasn't unhappy just kind of plodding through and not feeling much. And that that's not okay. And for me, leaning into my depression has helped me a lot. Just leaning into it and embracing it in certain ways has helped me get through the worst of my depression. But realizing that It doesn't have to be something sad. (laughs) It doesn't have to be, you know, I know people with depression have suicidal ideation and they have, they struggle a lot with feeling like they have no purpose. It wasn't that. It was just a blah, but that that's very typical of depression. And so if you're feeling that and thinking, is it depression? The answer is probably yes. The answer for me was yes. The solution for me was not drugs. Um, A little bit of meditation and a lot of accepting and a lot of opening was what got me through it. Right now, I am feeling another type of apathy, which comes on the other end of the spectrum for me, which is stimuli overload of being too busy and exhausted, which results in a kind of weird apathy of I just can't take on anything more. I can't feel anything because I'm doing too many things. And it's all coming to a head. And I've got, I've got a guest speaker tonight in Tucson who's wonderful and a friend of mine. And I want lots of people to show up. So I've worked really hard on that. And I'm taking students to Oaxaca this summer and I've worked really hard on that. And I have all my regular classes and I've worked really hard on that. And I'm putting together all my goals for this past year. It's just, just stuff upon stuff. And I'm working 12 hours a day, Monday through Sunday, a lot of times. I go to work at eight. I love my job. I'm, I enjoy while I'm here, but I don't get home again until eight. And it just is a long haul day after day. And at a certain point, it settles into this almost anxiety apathy as opposed to a depression apathy. I'll just end with a quote from Rollo May. Hate is not the opposite of love. Apathy is. Today we have with us in the studio, Devi. Devi is a consciousness catalyst through her Dare to be Present service, supporting individuals in their unique process of awakening. She's also an author currently writing a book, A Spiritual Memoir. You can reach her at www.daretobepresent.com. Hello, Devi. Welcome to the depression session.
1: How's it going?
0: It's good. It's so good to see you. It's been so, like forever and ever. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I missed you guys.
0: Yeah be moved to away. She wait. went to far away California. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Here we are, though. We are. Yeah. What's new <laughs> with you? What
0: are you working on these days? What well, tell us a little about Dare to Be Present?
1: So I'm definitely all the time about Dare to Be Present, and it's both who I am and what I offer to people. So I work with clients individually. And then I have an upcoming event, which will be a group meeting, if anyone wants to come out to Ojai, California, on April 20th. We'll have an evening where we're able to meet and explore what it actually means to be here now, which is actually quite relevant to the topic of this show, because What does it mean when we take time to not be about the future, to not be about a goal, (laughs) to not be about trying to accomplish something in the future? And for a lot of people, an essential part of that is going to be confronting what's inside. So that's going on. I meet with my clients and welcoming new clients as well and that event on april 20th which if anyone's interested they can go to my site daretobepresent.com and then i'm working on a book (laughs) and that is going well reviewing tons of past writings i've written so much so like going through all the old stuff and seeing what informs this story about my own journey, ongoing journey in life, which I feel as intrinsically spiritual rather than specifically, oh, they have a spiritual life. I think all of life is inherently spiritual.
0: Well, interestingly, synchronicity, uh, my mom and I are writing a book together right now. We went to France over spring break to start the book that we meant to do, was, which was about my journey And our shared journey where I walked across the country, which DeVee actually was there on the very first day and walked the farthest with me. (laughs) It is the same feeling. I'm reviewing the videos. I'm reviewing the blog posts. I'm looking. It's a, it's a interesting process for something that ultimately was a spiritual journey for me. It is also related to this experience of depression. It's yeah. so the year I walked home and I connected with my mom in a new way and connected in my, with my dad in a new way and reconnected with my stepfather. And it's, it's, it's interesting that you are also doing that process. Yeah, <laughs>
1: and walking home is such a simple yet profound name because I think that's what we're all doing. We're all walking
0: home. <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily to a childhood
1: home. But we're walking back to wholeness and to unity and that feeling, you know, the feeling of belonging and completion and reunion. Yes. (laughs) Unity. So we're all, we're all walking home. (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) So on that note, Divi, tell us the story of your depression.
1: So I've been. Reflecting a lot since you reached out to me to do this show on what depression actually means. And it's really quite a deep meaning. And first, absolutely, I really, really want to shed light on our larger cultural context because what I see with so many people in my clients and in other people because I definitely observe and listen a lot is that there is a very, very strong tendency, which may be cultural because we're such individualist mindset in this culture to put it all upon ourselves. So with something like depression, what I see is that that really happens where instead of looking at what is our environment what is our cultural context what is our social context what is our family context and what i call psychic environment and i don't mean psychic in the sense of i can read your mind but i mean psychic in the sense of our psyches environment cultural psyche that needs to be looked at because the opposite is that people go oh it's all me There's something wrong with me. But we do not exist in this reality, in this life form, outside of context. That's what life is. It's relationship. (laughs) It's a relationship with our environment. We do not actually exist as isolated units. We conceptualize ourselves that way, but it's actually false. Key example, look at the breath. <laughs> what is that? That's life. And that is an essential relationship with our environment. So, what I see is that we're in a depressive culture. And I looked up the de- definition of depression. It, it comes from that etymology is oppressing down. That's what it means oppressing down. And if we observe, and all it takes is simple observation, if we observe the difference, for example, between children and adults, we can see what, ha- what has happened is a pressing down. That's what has happened to every child in this culture in order to be able to conform, in order to be able to fit in and quote unquote function. Their exuberance has been pressed down that's really important to note because there there can be so much shame around this thing about, Oh, I'm depressed. And then there's this label of mental illness, which I also have an issue with because depression on the most essential level is a feeling (laughs) and a feeling is not a mental illness. (laughs) I mean, I'm talking about the essence of it. I'm not talking about some of the larger aspects but that's a feeling, that's not an illness. Anxiety is a feeling, it's not an illness. The cultural context of, we have been habituated into a depressive culture, and also into a culture that is kind of addicted to lies. So there's a lot of unquestioned assumptions In in the language of depression as a mental illness, there's a lot of unquestioned assumptions. One of them is that, well, what is right is that, yeah, we're always supposed to be on this treadmill of achieving future goals and all about the future and always outer oriented always mildly happy, not super ecstatic, because that's a little taboo, but like mildly happy and doing the money thing. And I'm not against money, but money in our culture is basically God. Money doesn't actually have intrinsic value. It's not like water or air or food or the earth. It's a made up thing. It's purely dependent on other people in the future agreeing that it has value, which can fail. <laughs> That's not a guarantee. So, the point of shedding light on some of those things one is it's relieving the shame because there's this shame thing that goes, Oh, I shouldn't be feeling this way. There's something wrong with me, da da da. Without asking these taboo and difficult questions of what are we actually in? So that being said, you know, my own experience of it, I've certainly felt depression is in that context, in the context of a world, as Krishnamurti put it, he said, it is no measure of health to be well adjusted to a profoundly sick society. You know, so I've come up against it in terms of, you know, we're in a world that's actively killing our home, our environment, our ecology. That's depressing. (laughs) We're in a world where, you know, real problems are not effectively addressed. We're instead collectively obsessed with image and fakeness and lies, president in point, current president in point. So it's been about two things for me personally. One is navigating what I experience and see and think of the world, quote unquote, which is actually a very rich, deep topic (laughs) that I won't go into right now. And then also an understanding it's a feeling. I come up with a lot of methods, which I call liberation practices for myself and then also for my clients. And so I've developed various methods for myself of good feeling, basically. (laughs) One of them I'm so enamored with, I call it the Holy Grail, because when I discovered this good feeling method, it was like, oh my God, (laughs) you know, like here's good feeling, not even at my fingertips, because it's totally inner. And recognizing that because in some of the mindsets of depression, it's like, well, okay, the opposite of depression is being functional, being able to fit in, being social. I'm suggesting we question those assumptions. And If we're going to look at an opposite, the opposite would really be feeling ecstatic. And feeling ecstatic is a little taboo, too. It's more like we're just supposed to be mildly happy. Ecstasy is like, I don't know about that. I'm not talking about the drug, of course. I'm talking about the state, the inner state. So going through that process of recognizing that good feeling is actually I'm talking about ecstatic feeling I'm not talking about mild socially presentable somewhat happy ecstasy and bliss is actually deeper than depression because it's on a purely logical level it's what we all come out of We all come out of this moment of orgasm, a moment of orgasm, which is the stereotypical quintessential moment of ecstasy. And that feeling is not isolated to a sexual act. It's part of our essential being. And so the process of going, okay, well, how to tap into that, and I'm not talking about sexual practices necessarily because it's not isolated to that it's intrinsic to a human being since we all come from that so that's a healing process to be able to reclaim essential bliss so that's something i actively have developed methods for for myself and then With my clients, what I provide is a space of freedom and just the act and fact of saying it's okay for you to feel however you feel and shedding light on that, bringing light to that, bringing presence to that, and then inquiring with an open mind and not jumping to oh my God, this is a problem that has to be fixed, not without compassion. There's definitely compassion there, but that's a really crucial space. And that's the feedback. Some of the feedback I've gotten from clients is how helpful it has been for them to have that space where I'm consciously, purposefully saying and showing all of your feelings are acceptable because that's true feelings themselves are not evil they're just not actions are a different matter but feelings are not actions so that's a really crucial space and that's informed necessarily by my own journey because if someone has not looked at themselves fully, has not come to terms with their own feelings fully, has this darkness in themselves that they refuse to look at, they're not going to want to see it in someone they're working with. (laughs) They're going to say, that's a problem. You need to fix it. You need to get rid of it. That's what I bring and offer. And... The overall message I want to bring today is just this different view in terms of what the deeper meaning of depression may be. And it is very much in the context of let's acknowledge what we're in. Let's acknowledge our cultural environment in which, for example, we're in a culture that totally denies death, which is insane. It's crazy. Because death is one of those absolutes. (laughs) And depression, regardless of any suicidal impulse, is representing that other side. We can call it the other side. It's the letting go. It's the release. It's the relaxation. There's a poetry in it of depressed, deep rest. It's the night it's the release, it's not doing, it's not becoming, it's the inner. And all of that needs our attention. It really, really, really does. I was talking with someone the other day and they are saying, you know, I had worked for so long, for so hard, for so many years, and then there was a certain time where she just wanted to be in bed 12 hours a day. And like, when she said that to me, it made sense. Like maybe it was her system being like, hey, stop, I need to catch up. The essential message I want to share is, well, what what is the deeper meaning in depression rather than immediately jumping to this is a quote-unquote mental illness? and I'm definitely not saying people shouldn't be getting help. That is not at all what I'm saying. This is a form of bringing a different and hopefully – compassionately helpful view which is there can be a very important message in it from the inner being that goes let's rebalance let's honor the other side let's honor the inner and the release of the letting go
0: thank you so much for your story to be and I just wanted to comment on a couple of things one was the going to someone who hasn't dealt with their dark feelings. I have experienced that a few times with people who are sort of like kind of gurus of one sort or another who present themselves as very strong spiritual leaders. But there's a feeling I get where they're denying anything but the positive. And I don't, I don't feel like that's healthy. I have done that in my life and I know it's not healthy for me. And I don't relate to it in a healthy way for somebody else. And when there's like a criticism of anybody's dark or deep or, or troubling feelings or, or a judgment on it, that you're not being spiritual enough in some way, it makes me very angry because I feel like we are whole beings. And like you said, none of our feelings can be wrong. They yeah, can't be yeah. wrong. You can't be like not on your spiritual path because you're having a feeling. Yeah, it's a really,
1: really crucial point because it happens so much. Like there's people who feel that not feel. They believe that anger is not spiritual, for example. (laughs) And the whole thing about spirituality, the whole point of the spiritual path is to, quote unquote, get back wholeness get back is a bit of a paradox but if we're getting back to wholeness it's all of it
0: (laughs) exactly (laughs) exactly it's all of you (laughs) and there is a there is a push and I I think it's more of a western cultural thing I don't know but I know there's a push in our culture in American culture to strive toward that medium happiness that you talked about not not ecstatic because that's like weird And not depressed because you're not doing well and you're making me uncomfortable, but just a sort of medium, okay, good, and that you should be quote unquote happy. And then all your pictures that you ever post on Facebook should be nice and show all the positive things. And it feel, it does, it feels to me like a big lie.
1: Yeah, it is. Well, it is a lie. It is a lie. I mean, there is a recent woman. I didn't know her personally. But it was one of those women where you'd say, oh, look at this totally together, maybe enlightened teacher, spiritual teacher, she committed suicide. And I'm not saying she was lying. I didn't know her well. But, yeah, something... It's not just Facebook. It's also when we go out in public, but Facebook is a great example. Social media is a great example. Just hold up this ideal image and don't show the darkness. It is a lie.
0: <laughs> and then there, the other thing I really related to was the idea of depression being like a pushing down. And it, whether it happens, you know, because of an event or a chemical imbalance or a, a spiritual imbalance, whatever it is, that pushing down, that's where the apathy, that's how I relate back to the original topic that I started with, was I think that's where depression, and it, maybe I could just call it apathy, where apathy comes into play, because the apathy can happen to me when I'm in high stress anxiety mode, and the apathy can happen to me when I'm in the, like, I can't get out of bed today. Both sides of it have this strong component of apathy where nothing has any meaning anymore. And I swear our culture is built for that. That, yeah. that you be so busy. You can't think, or that you don't, you, you, you get to a point where you cannot feel and you cannot care. And then you can't get out of bed. Yeah. And that points
1: to one of their deeper meanings too, is that in your own story, it was brought on by these close deaths and they're, is this spiritual aspect of how well everything is going to die and if we reflect on that there is a question of well what is really meaningful which is a deep question and it's worth asking it's worth asking because there's accepted values well like oh we should just try to make as much money as possible and try to do our work and be social and put on the half smile and stuff like that. Well, okay, is that really what's meaningful? The message of, okay, everything dies, absolute truth. What is actually meaningful? And to actually have that questioning, it's a questioning, and it has to be individual. It might end up being the same meaning as someone else, but meaning, the nature of Real meaning is it's personal. Well, Someone can't tell you, this is meaningful to you. Uh, you know, we <laughs> can't, like, force you to find something as meaningful.
0: Well, that is a perfect note to end the show on. Thank you so much for being on the Depression Session, Divi.
1: Thanks, Laura.
0: I want to mention again that if you found some of the content of today's episode triggering, please seek professional help. And call 911 if you feel like hurting yourself or others. I'm not a licensed therapist, and this show and the station are not endorsing any remedies or products. The purpose of this show is to destigmatize depression through storytelling. You can find a link to mental health services on downtownradio.org on the About KTDT page. To listen to the podcast, or if you're interested in being on the show, contact us at www.thedepressionsession.com. You've been listening to The Depression Session on Downtown Radio Tucson with music by Helix. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at The Depression Session Podcast. Thank you.